everybody. You're watching, listening, whatever, to so many sequels. I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Andrew. I am Garrett. And I'm David. And we are here to wish you a happy Halloween month of October. Ooh. We're kicking off our mm-hmm. annual uh, spooktacular Halloween-y October month where we're going to talk about um, Halloween movies all month. Whatever, whatever we deem is a Halloween movie, that's what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we're starting it all off this week with um, a, one, of the, one of the more classic slashers of the 90s, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. That's right. It came out I in 1997, know. starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, Freddie Prince Jr., um, along with a somewhat brief appearance by Johnny Galecki mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some others. But that's the, those are the main four. So, yeah, I know what you did last summer. It, it spawned a, a whole series of movies, but we're just going to talk about this first one. Um, I certainly remember watching it when I was young, but I didn't have a lot of memories of it. It's never been one in my head that, I, that I've thought back as like, oh, that movie scared me. It's just kind of like there for some reason. I don't know. Was, I, don't have a lot of t- I don't have a lot of feelings or memories tied to it. It was, the only it was thing scarier when we were eight. You know, maybe. Yeah. So, um, hang on. Andrew tried to jump in, and then he let. Well, and I gave him the opportunity. And he he didn't (laughs) take it, so I'm going to give it to him. The only, the only thing I have to say is, is that the only thing I remember about the movie is the title. It's kind of hard to forget about that title. Yeah, it is. It is a a unique, catchy title. Yeah. Um, I I don't remember the last time I saw it. It's been an extremely long time. So this was my first rewatch in a while. And um, I kind of left it the same way I went into it. Still feeling pretty, pretty neutral um, to, to like, you know, it's a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. So the bar is a little different, I think, in my opinion. So I don't think it's great, but it's not like unwatchable trash either. It's kind of just goofy. Yeah. It's like goofy fun. Like it would be, uh, it'd probably be a really fun movie to watch at like a Halloween party or something where all your friends can get together and like make fun of it a little bit and jump, get the jump scares and all that. But as a film watching it, I don't have a lot of good things to say or really bad things. So um, mediocre in the middle, you would yeah, say. Yeah, I'm just, fe- I'm feeling pretty neutral about it. So what do you, what do you guys think after coming back to it or... Has any, was this anyone's first time? I, apparently, it was my first time. Oh. I thought I had seen this before, but apparently, I'd seen it sequel. Hmm. I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> I thought that was this movie because I had very vivid memories of that movie. Yeah, but um, I was like, okay, what's happening? Who's where? When did Johnny Galecki show up in these movies? Right. Um, I didn't remember any of those things, and I but I, but I don't remember any, that much about. Uh, I still know what you did last summer. I, I just remember like, I just remember just sequences, you know? Um, so, you know, it's no secret. If you watched our, uh, our wheel spin, I'm no fan of uh, scary movies. I'm yeah. scared, shaken, uh, shook as they might say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to say that um, this movie had one moment that actually gave me a, a scare. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were moments where I kept waiting to be scared and then I was not. Um, I want to point out the, uh, like you said, Josh, there's a lot of, there's kind of a lot of cheese here. Yeah, you know, there's really a lot cheesy. of like, 
it seems like it's self-aware, but then it, it, it doesn't cross that plane like, uh, like I know Scream does, mm-hmm. where there's sort of a, 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 a more tongue-in-cheek element there. There's, it feels like the actors thought there was supposed to be a bit of a tongue in cheek and a bit of like, like let's, you know, let's purposefully overact, but it could just be that, that, that was the style. That was the direction as well. I, it's kind of hard to tell in that sense. I, I just yeah. want to compliment uh, this, this particular uh, insight comes from my wife, the absurd amount of thumb rings in this movie. Uh, Joker every, necklaces, all of every, that 90s fashion. <laughs> oh man. Just so many thumb rings. And, uh, uh, yeah, the the '90s the nostalgia was kind of like the 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 hidden gem for me in this movie. Just kind of watching all those moments. Uh, but a lot of the scare factors sort of vacillated between not that scary and also not really making much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's important. I, I don't think that you know like a horror movie has to make complete sense. There there it, it's okay to have a little bit of uh, mystique or or or. or uh, you know, time displacement, but there was just so many moments where I was just kind of like, how, how would anybody have had time to do that? Um, I'll just say it now. The one time I was scared is when just for Michelle Geller's character runs into the guy in the uh, d- dress shop. I-, I don't really know exactly what it was. The, and mm-hmm. um, she comes back after her sister is murdered and she was walking through this room with all these mannequins covered in, 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 in plastic and the lights turn off and the music stops and she turns around and there's the guy in the plastic in like clearly a spot where he's been standing this whole time. So I was just kind of like, how did he do any of the stuff if he's been standing there the whole time she's been walking through this room? Cause like, it wasn't like that mannequin was not there and then suddenly there. So I was just like, how does he turn the music off and turn the lights on? And it's just kind of like a distracting element. Now, maybe that I'm picking in on the wrong thing, but I, I don't know. So like when he did burst out, I kept, well, I was waiting for the fake out. That'd be the fake out. She's like staring at this thing, staring at this thing. Maybe she pulls it back and it's nothing. And then there he is. Yeah. But he was the thing. <laughs> so I was like, right. ah, you know, uh, I, I, I played myself. Played um, but uh, overall, I didn't find it to be terribly scary. Um. And the one element that they really could have hung their hat on the murder mystery, the mystery component of who this yeah. person exactly is, I kind of felt had it was a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. In the end. All right, who would like to go next of our two remaining contestants? <laughs> and you know how this goes. I don't know why I ask because Garrett will make Andrew do it, and Andrew won't do it. This is this is this is the the dynamic. So Andrew, go. <laughs> Well, I was going to go anyway. So there. Yeah, sure you were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have to say, I have to say this. I've, I've seen this before, but I've never seen the entire thing. So Weird. Yeah. I bought it on TV or something. Yeah, it was on TV, and I just, I, I, I just remember watching it. Like, the last thing I remember was when uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character's sister gets killed in the shop. And that's the that's the last thing that I remember about it because I remember watching it and I'm thinking, well, this is not really scary. So this is actually the first time I've, not the first time I've seen it, but it's the first time I've seen it as a whole. Cool. So I've actually seen the entirety of I still know what you did last summer. 
Y'all keep wanting to talk about, about that movie. Talk about this one. <laughs> I'm not, not, not going to talk about this movie. Yeah. I, I, not that movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so and yeah. What also, the, what's wrong with you? But, but what? Never mind. What did the full watch uh, illuminate to you this time? Was it better than you thought, or or? Worse? No. No, I thought it was boring. <laughs> okay. I thought it was boring. I thought it was. Okay. I thought there was too much of a lead up. I thought there was. Uh, it's like. We had this one important plot point, and then everybody all of a sudden, it's like it went really stagnant for probably a good fourth of the movie. And then nothing really happens until like the last, probably in the third act. Like, and that's when everything just kind of culminates. And um, I, it got, there were times when I felt it was very predictable. Like who? Who'd have thunk that? Like when they put when they put Sarah Michelle Gellar's character—I don't remember her name—when they put her character in the back of the cop car and the cop car was going to stop and help the guy. It's like that's like a given. Yeah, like, I'm going to help this guy. It's going to take a minute. Oh my god! To be fair, killed. to be fair, all slasher movies are predictive. Yeah. And almost, almost every single slasher movie is predictive. Whenever it comes no. to oh, don't go through that door. You, oh, yeah, don't go through that yeah, door. Oh no, there's hallway. a guy who's in a slicker and a fisherman's hat. Of course, he's the killer. Yeah, like, I mean, in a slasher film, you're immediate. Like when you going in, you're immediately distrusting every situation yeah. you see on behalf of the characters. Like, mm-hmm. oh, don't go, don't, don't go to that party. Yeah. Don't talk to Johnny Galecki. Like every situation, I was, I was like, I was like, this is a bad idea. This is bad. No one should do this. But like, I was going to say it later, but I'll go ahead and say it now since we tan- did a small tangent on it. It's easy to look at a predictive slasher movie as a bad thing. And that comes down to personal taste, I think. But um, what, it, what it's most like to me is that people who are fans of this genre go to this genre to get what they're expecting. It's kind of like how you watch a rom-com knowing exactly what's going to happen. They will yeah. fall in love, they will fall out in love, and they will win each other back. Mm-hmm. Same, same kind of formula applies to this movie, and um, a lot of people, that's what they want. Yeah, you, you could say that most, about most genre flicks, I think. Uh, and that's why uh, every now and then you get a movie. I think for most people, you could consider uh, the movie that came out just the year before, Scream, to be this type of movie that sort of bucks the genre and, and sort of tries to yeah. subvert what your expectations to an extent. Um, yeah. But this movie doesn't really do that, right, right, Andrew? Uh, yeah, it just, I felt like it was just, I felt like it was Scream's cousin trying to make it big, and it kind of falters. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was written by the same guy who wrote, who wrote Scream. I know that it was by the, it was produced by the director of Scream. Um, and go, and like, I remember a long time ago, I'm like, wow, Wes Craven did two, and that did two slasher movies in two years. Cool. And then find out, I come to find out, Oh yeah, he just produced it. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like I got more in terms of jump scares in terms of like actual dread. Um, I got more, I got more jump scares out of Halloween H2O. And that's yes, from last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got more like the only real scene that I liked that they like had me, kind of on the edge of my seat was when uh, Sarah Michelle Geller's character uh, is in the alley and she's going, up, yeah. she's trying to go towards the parade and she gets ambushed by the killer. Yeah. 
like that's that's the only thing that I thought was like visually like 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 visually drawing and it, it it's like all right well you know there's there's a good element here of like fright and it makes sense and there's logic here that works mm-hmm. and all of a sudden when she gets when she gets uh when she gets ambushed and her screams and everything is marred by the sounds of the fireworks and the the parade it, it, it's like oh okay you know Sorry, she met her demise, but like it's also that's the that's the only thing that makes sense to me in that whole movie, is like how that happened. Because yeah, you're right. Whenever whenever she was in, whenever the killer was in the shop, yeah, I was asking questions about that too. Like, how did like like how did it take so how how did this person get so elaborate with time? But of course, with slasher movies, you kind of have to you kind of have to suspend that. Like you just have to just you just have to let that go, I think. And I do ask questions about that from time to time, but like, the same thing happens with the same thing happened with Halloween. The same thing happened with uh, even Nightmare on Elm Street. Although there's leeway with Nightmare on Elm Street. Here's but all in all, I would say I would say this was a pretty. This was a pretty like. It was an it was an A for effort, but. It kind of falters. I don't even know about that. I'm going to give it a B minus for effort. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next, and keep going. Yeah, so, Garrett, Garrett, this was your movie. Either. Yeah, this was my movie, and I did not pick it because I knew it was good. <laughs> um, I picked it because everybody's seen Scream, mm. and this yeah. is one that I feel like people know. People know I know what you did last summer. That is a movie that people remember and they, and they recognize but they probably like us don't have a lot of real strong memories outside of Jennifer Love Hewitt running around because that's what she's supposed to be doing. She's the, she's the screen queen in this. Um, But one of the, one of the things that I always like about horror movies to an extent is that there's always one that starts it and kicks it off and then everything else really just runs it into the ground. And this is that one for Scream. So you go back to what we did a couple of years ago with Halloween. From that, you got Jason and um, Friday the 13th, and then you got um, A Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger. And so both of those have a very supernatural element. Both of the first movies were pretty good as far as like giving you those scares. But they play on a lot of the tropes that they got from Halloween. From then, most of those movies just became a joke of themselves. And what was good, they just drive it into the ground and drive it into the ground. And so for this movie, Scream gave you a new outlook on a slasher film. And it was like, oh, this can be good again. And just basically trying to do everything that Scream did without being Scream, you have I Know What You Did Last Summer. And that is what I like about some of these slasher movies. No, it's not good. This is not a great movie. It's not a bad movie. It is a movie where you go in and go, oh my God, that was a brutal kill. Or, oh, look at all these beautiful people. I, I joke, I'm really proud of this. I said that I don't need any kind of popcorn with this movie because it comes with four snacks. <laughs> Johnny Galecki. No, not Johnny Galecki. No, he's uh, a snack too. Five snacks. We'll uh, say five. Uh, <laughs> but... 
there, there were some obvious questions. Like they, throughout the whole movie, they tried to set up Johnny Galecki as uh, Max as the killer. And then he was the first one to die. I want to, yeah. I want to talk about that specific. That was so stupid. It was like, you can kill him. That's yeah. fine. But like, let it ride a little bit because it, yeah. the, the, again, I agree with David, the end result of who the killer was, was so out of left field that it made no sense. And I even put in my notes, I was like, I know I remember them talking about this guy's name, but I don't remember why. And yeah. through the distance, you could see that his boat was named Susie or something like that, which is the woman who died. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that that's her father, but I can't remember. So it just didn't make sense. Well, I'll say this. It, it might have, it made enough sense sure for sure it made but sense it, it just but wasn't, it wasn't satisfying at all really because it's no. like so feels so unrelated mm -hmm. um and it's just some guy who like you've literally never seen his face in the entire rest of the movie yeah. i want to talk about the johnny galecki death specifically i think it feels uns it feels unsatisfying okay because first of all even though johnny galecki's kind of a jerk in the movie uh he's it's not like it doesn't like you're not like ah ha, ha they got now now they, now they got him he's right. unconnected to the event other than him passing by that evening right as it turns out johnny galecki's death wasn't in the original version and after screen testing they went back in and filmed that scene uh for him to die because they found that after they had put the entire movie together that the first death didn't happen till ryan Philippe in the in, in the in the balcony which is like an hour and like, I yeah, don't know, yeah. 30 minutes into the movie. So they were like, there's no deaths in our slasher movie until like the very end. And then it's just like a bloodbath. I say that. Mm -hmm. There's very little blood in this movie. It's just like bodies dropping everywhere. But there was just nothing. They needed a, they needed the, the, the danger there sooner is what they say here. So they, they went back and they filmed this scene with Johnny Galecki dying. Um, so that's, I, I think it, I think unfortunately they didn't do a very good job of integrating it because I when it happened I was just kind of like well, that seemed unnecessary. They should have taken a different approach and they should have approached it from like a murder mystery and thriller rather than a slasher movie. Like you can make it a slasher movie, but them trying to figure out who they killed and and who's trying to stalk them is the better story. Um, and then you would just have to tweak it a little bit. Like you can have them all go through their deaths at the end, mm -hmm. but you can really hone in on Max, make Max more part of the story. Or they also tried to set Freddie Prinze up because I also noted that throughout a lot of this movie, after they make, after they run over the guy with the car, Freddie Prinze is really also disconnected from this movie. It's once they come back and reunite a year later, Everybody seems to have turned on him, and it's uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Ryan Phillippe all really kind of interacting, and Freddie Prinze is on the outskirts, and everyone's like, we don't trust you, but they never really say why. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that they're just trying to make him the new suspect. Yeah, they yeah. just kind of want to assume he's the suspect. Yeah. But if they would have all like really thought Max was part of it and made Max a bigger jerk, then you could have honed in on that, and then when they thought they were getting close, then you kill Max. And then Make it's it like, more oh convenient. my God, what happened? We thought it, we were on this track. And then you continue to unfurl that mystery with Anne Heche and her character 
and all of that stuff. But I don't know. It, uh, it's, it, for me, it was fun once the death started happening, as weird as that is to say. Um, but I go into these kinds of movies again, just how, how are these people going to die? Because I know they are. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, it's interesting to note, I think, by the way, that this killer has to be one of the worst revenge artists out there. Because, like, he was uh, left for dead by four people. And he kills six, four of which had nothing to do with it. Um, he, he managed to only kill two of the people that wronged him. He kills a, 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 a deputy, a, uh, uh, the sister of one of the people he's, he's mad at, uh, Johnny Galecki, who uh, honestly probably would have helped him. And uh, oh, who was number four? I left him off here. Uh, it was... Um, I could have swore I had a fourth person. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. He killed more people. Uh, nothing more bystanders than anything. Yeah. I mean, he killed... His Ryan motivations Phillip. don't really make sense. Well, he was part of it. Philippe yeah, was, was part, part of, of it. it. Okay, all right. I was just, put, just pointing out that there were a lot of innocent deaths uh, yeah. in this movie that didn't need to be yeah. there. But, well, yeah. and again, going back to... And, and Josh and I might have something on this, but... There should have been more kids. The the killer himself, one of the things that I was like, is like, how is he, he, he just moves way too fast. Like, you can, you can let me, or I will suspend a very large amount of disbelief, but the one, like Ryan Phillippe's death was a little too much for me because he hacked him to death with a hook. Mm-hmm. And in the same time frame, they go upstairs and there is no body and there is no blood. Mm-hmm. Like, Right. That's just, that's a little too much. Like, and, I, and again, you get a lot of leeway from me, but that one was like, there's absolutely no way that he could move the body that fast with her screaming. And while she was screaming, not even anybody looked and turned around. They were all just like looking at her. Yeah. And that whole scenario was just like, people would have at least turned around. And <laughs> the mean, cop, like, where did he go? There's the cop like, was up there looking. There's no blood. There's no body. There's, there's no killer. Appear to be another way down. Yeah. yeah. And well, and sometimes that goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, like you were implying, there's a whole reasoning for that kind of thing. Um, if you look into like the the various tropes of a slasher movie, um, the killer is typically someone who is seemingly invincible. Um, almost supernatural in some ways. He is typically able to kill anyone in any kind of graphic way and Mm -hmm. dispose of the body quickly and without any mess. Um, These are all common occurrences with killer characters in these types of movies. And, you know, last year we talked about what I, who I think is the gold standard of it is Michael Myers. And this is not a good way of how it's done, but it's very similar because Michael Myers, you know, the bodies were just gone. He moved in and out quickly and quietly. Um, the same things apply. It just is, it's just a matter of how well did you write it? And this one is not terribly good. <laughs> yeah. No. And I would say that, you know, with Mike Myers or Michael Myers, you have a certain level of like, there's almost an unworldly, uh, aura about him. He's yes, seen, that's because they did it well. They did not do that in this one as well. No, this and this doesn't seem like. But they were clearly going for it because it's like, yeah, they I mean, set up is, this whole idea of is he back from the dead? Did, yeah. Like that, that eeriness is there about it. Um, yeah. 
and they they kind of destroy the whole mystery of who he is by telling us. Um, I kind of wish they had never told us who he who he is, and that they had never shown us who he is. If he had just been a shadowy figure with a trench coat and a hook, that would have been cool. And then by the end yeah. of the movie, we end up with them literally fighting some dumb fisherman on yeah. a boat. Yeah, it, it <laughs> it's the, takes- the, the, the it takes all the wind out of the sails. No yeah. pun intended, because they were on a boat. <laughs> And it's just yeah, like, it, it goes from fighting the scary hook man to fighting a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucks a lot of the fun out of it. Um, and then his whole demise is kind of shrug worthy. Cause like they chop off his hand, his hook, his hook bearing hand with the sails, which, you know, I, I honestly don't remember, but I'm 99% certain sets up for him to have a Captain Hook hand in the next movie. Probably. And then, like, leave him for dead, drowning in the water like they did the original body. Yeah. And Again. it's like, oh, we know where this is going. So it's not quite, it's not done super well. Let me ask you guys a, a question here, too. Did you find a lack, that you had, like, a lack of sympathy for the main characters? Um because as they were fighting on the boat, I just kind of realized, I was like, you know, they kind of like, I mean, they don't, I don't know if they necessarily deserve to be hacked to death by a hook, but like, yeah, you left a guy to die. Right, that's he the thing. He was they're, alive. They're not good people. Uh, it's yeah. not like I, I kind of had a hard time feeling sorry for them. That, yeah. That's, that's how I felt. That's how I felt like from after the first 15 minutes on. And I couldn't, well, yeah. I, could, I couldn't bring myself to like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself like to 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 even like these people. Like, yeah, they're hiding a very horrible secret of killing someone. And um, yeah, that's true. the thing. They're they're spoiled. They're kind of spoiled rich kids who yeah. just don't want He's who just, just don't want to face the hard. consequences. Right, pretending. Um, yeah, all these all hey, these yeah. all these beautiful young people who just yeah. can't stand to be in trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, they literally try to get away with killing someone and they even have the argument a little bit where they're like, you know, no, it was manslaughter. And she's like, not when we put him in the ocean, it wasn't (laughs) or whatever. Like at that point, at that point we killed him. (laughs) And and I get, yeah, there isn't, there is not much sympathy to be had for these people, which is also another common occurrence. And I I respect the, uh, the, 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 the tenseness of the situation. Um, you know, it's not a it's not a good look. You run over a guy and he appears to be dead, and your car is dripping, you know, stinking of alcohol. And yeah, uh, you know, like what are the odds they're ever they're going to ever believe that the guy who wasn't drinking was the one driving? You know, like it, yeah. it's an awkward situation, and and truly, but um, obviously there's a threshold for like, okay, we really should have not gone as far as we went with it. Yeah, and um, so yeah, by the by. The, you know, I, I had moments of thinking about it at times, but also, like, the guy does go to, like, a creep level of doing things, hiding in uh, Helen's closet all night uh, and cutting off her hair as opposed to just killing her then and there, uh, creeping around her house. Uh, I actually cheered when Ryan Philippe died. Uh, he was a was, dick. He's a jerk. He was a dick. Um, but it was, you know, and, like, his, you know, her sister, she's kind of uh, mean, but, you know, didn't really, I don't know if she really uh, earned that. But yeah, so I mean, I, I think sometimes, and maybe this is not true. Maybe, maybe this is just me because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. But I feel like you have to have a, an element of innocence 
for you to really like attach to in a in in a scary movie like this. Mm-hmm. Someone that has like because like even the even Jennifer Love Hewitt, even though she didn't want to do it, she still went you know along with it when she could have. I mean, I, I don't guess I don't know what what scenario makes her look the best there, but like even her even objecting to the end, it's still like she still decided to go with it. So like I was just kind of like, right. you know, I don't feel like you're yeah. much better at this point than anybody else. Yeah, if you think about like. You know, other slasher movies that, you know, like Halloween or Friday the 13th, or not Friday the 13th, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, they have sympathetic main main characters. Like, uh, uh, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. No, Jamie Lee Curtis's character literally does nothing. There, there's no, I mean, there, there's there's no connection to it. It's just Michael is just evil. And so oh. is so is Freddy Krueger. He's just out to kill people. Well, even going more more recently, I, I don't know that the family from us necessarily did anything to deserve what happens to them. Um, yeah, at least outright, you know. So like you know, but they have that like you know you kind of can feel for them in the situation because like you know they they have a certain level of of uh, relatability and 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 their own innocence there. Uh, but I don't know. Everybody here, I was just kind of like, yeah. In another movie, the the guy killing the people who left him for dead is the good guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So. Well, and they could have gone that route. I would. I mean, if if you if they, they there, I think there are a couple of things they could have done to make this movie a little better. Um, I like, and I don't know how they would have done this. They would have had to rewrite some stuff. But well, obviously. But I like the idea of having two different killers for this movie. Um, just because of how fast everything goes. And I think that you could have worked in where either maybe Max or maybe Freddie Prince, depending on what it is, uh, is connected to the killer. You can have everything the same, but maybe Freddie Prince is the brother and son, son of the killer and brother of that Susie person. Mm-hmm. And... So the, maybe the dad is trying to exact revenge on the person that killed his daughter, and that's who they hit with the car, right? Freddie Prinz recognizes his dad because throughout the whole movie, he talks about how he doesn't really know his dad that well. Um, he's got some bother problems, whatever. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, he, when they hit him, he recognizes that that is his dad, but he goes along with it because he's like, ah, screw this guy. He's never been there for me, whatever, I don't care. But then when he doesn't die, who, who, over that year they reconnect and he's like, listen, I know what you did and you're gonna help me get rid of these people. And they're working together. And at that end, when uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is running away from Freddie Prinze mm-hmm. and gets on the boat of this random ass stranger who she thinks is safer than uh, Freddie Prinze, then she's in it with both of them and then she's in trouble. Um, But then you find out at the end that they are connected or you can do the same thing with Max. I don't like, I don't like it as much with Max. I like it with Freddie Prinze being a part of it. If they were going to set him up that way, lean into it. But then I also think that that would be too much like scream because there were several times throughout scream where uh, Skeet Ulrich looked like he was and wasn't the killer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I feel like they were trying to play off screen, but not take everything from it. But I think that is something they could have done to make it a little better. And then who knows, maybe that just, maybe that adds to why some of these people are 
dying that are bystanders. Like Max was a jerk to Freddie Prinz. Well, now you're dead. Um, the sister of Helen, I know you, it's going to hurt Helen. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill Helen. I'm going to kill Freddie Pr or, uh, Ryan Phillippe, all of those things. Um, and maybe that would have made it a little, make a little more sense, especially because they were the whole time they were like, Freddie Prinz is not one of us. So that, that is something that could have been done. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's an interesting idea. They could have is, you know, something that would be interesting to explore is, but, uh, but like you said, we had just had that movie, uh, a similar, a similar concept of the killer being two people with scream. Mm. And, uh, I think that, I think it works pretty, I think it works effectively there. Um, and it could have worked here, but it might've coming off the heels of just a year later, it might've been like, Oh, this is just the thing. Now there's just always two killers. Yeah. You know, or they could have leaned into that urban legend story. Um, yeah. I mean, it could, they could have made him much more, uh, supernatural or much more, uh, unknowable, you know, like it's a mystery they can't solve. Right. And then he could have been like exacting justice um, let's face because it. they did do something wrong and then they tried to cover it up. And then this urban legend is now coming after them to exact justice. Who knows? Yeah. And you know, like you said, suspension of disbelief, like there is like, it feels like they wanted there to be elements of the supernatural here, but, um, obviously couldn't go all the way with it. Um, I think about the fact that, you know, uh, we talk about Max, I think it's Max, right? Johnny Galecki's character. Mm -hmm. He's found inside uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's trunk covered in ice and crabs. She leaves to go get her friends. They come back and not only is he gone and the crab's gone, but like her trunk's not even wet. Yeah, there's no trace that that was ever real. That could have been so all like, in her head. That could have been a supernatural thing. Yeah, like they could have really played with the psychological aspects of it maybe. Uh, them seeing things, them hallucinating, but, uh, or them, uh, you know, uh, maybe not hallucinating, but you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but overall, I kind of feel like it just doesn't go, I can't really push it past like, okay, you know, or adequate. You know, I don't think it's like bad. I don't think it's unwatchable, but. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it, this is definitely not a good movie. But it is a fun movie to turn on at, like you said, Josh, a Halloween party or something, and you don't really have to sit down and watch it. Uh, but when it kicks into high gear, then you can be like, oh, my goodness, look at this. They're getting their comeuppance or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Are we done talking about that part of the movie? I don't have a lot. Of, I don't have anything else to add, actually. No? I don't either. I had okay. a thing. I had a oh, thing so you, the, you do though. Well, I had a thing from the director. I don't either. I have a thing. <laughs> I don't have like I don't think there's like a lot of time that that needs to be spent on this. I I, oh, yeah. I have a thing from the director. You may have noticed that this there isn't like a ton of blood in this movie. Um, yeah. it's not as gory as as other slasher films. Um, in that sense, and that was an intentional move by the director. Um, whose name is. Uh, uh, Jim Gillespie, he said, what was it here? Um, I didn't want the, I, he said something like, I didn't want the, the, the blood to be the, the, the star. I really wanted you to, I wanted it to feel guttural and I wanted it to be like, you know, when people, he, he kind of said when people die, they don't just spurt blood everywhere, you know, uh, whenever they're like, you know, stabbed with the so hooks. I wanted to have more of like a bludgeoning 
almost <laughs> feel about it. Well, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to say whether he made the right or wrong move to limit the blood, but I am going to say his reason was stupid and it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, whatever the, he was trying to achieve, yeah. he most certainly didn't. So if you have a better movie, like again, Halloween, you don't need the blood because there's not a lot of blood in Halloween, but that was a good movie. Right. Right. Well, and when your whole, your villain's whole, I like, again, no pun intended. When your villain's whole hook is that he kills someone with a hook. Yeah. Um, a little bit of blood is needed. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we go, we keep, we always go back to Halloween because it's the best, I think. But you go back to that. He just kind of killed with a knife or whatever else. Um, it's, it wasn't, the murder weapon wasn't special for Michael Myers. The murder weapon is special for this guy. And so yeah, you're going to give me a hook. You got to show me the damage. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's fair. Opinion. I think that's fair. I think, I think um, I'm okay with the, with the, with the premise of yeah. not putting too much blood in the movie. Uh, he said, he also said that he felt that some horror movies get too gratuitous with the blood. He didn't really want it sure. to be distracting, right. but, uh, but I think, yeah, I think this is a situation where there's almost too, it's almost too much. Yep. You know, you've gone too far the other way. There's, there's like, uh, even Ryan Philippe when he dies, like he's just like, it, there's there, like the worst he has is like a scratch on his face basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, you give me a dead a dead guy with like ice and crabs crawling all over his face. You can show me blood. You're being silly now. Yeah, yeah. Like the blood's gratuitous, but the crab man face wasn't. Shut up. <laughs> like, what are you? Who are you? To, who are you trying to fool here? Yeah, that was really all I had. That was the only other interesting detail I could. Well, find. and and then again, the problem with the lack of um, blood and whatnot is that there's nothing else to hold this movie together. It's very boring for the first at least hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you throw a little more gratuitous blood in there. That makes it a little more exciting for a slasher film. Yeah. I, I think if I were to, and I won't go long on this, uh, he said, but I, uh, if I were going to do a Garrett rewrite, um, I would have had that first night or that, that opening sequence where they, they, the, the initial event happens. Um, have it be like it happened and have like really like quick moments, blurry, like rememberings of it happening. And then over the course of the movie, as he's hunting down the individual people, you get to see what their perspective of that night was. And then it becomes like, you're getting to, you're finding out what, what, what happened that summer as opposed to, we basically get everything. And then like, so we know everything. And then the guy starts hunting them. And it's just that I think it would have been cooler if it was like in the beginning, we as the audience, don't really know what exactly happened. We know a guy got hit, a guy got put in the in the river or something like that, and we know they swore to never talk about it again. You give us like that really fast and like a really frenetic energy, and it's like, oh wow, that was a really, mm-hmm. you know, that you know I, that's how I kind of picture it, and then make it much more compartmentalized. Show us like what you know. How did how did Sarah Michelle Geller say see this? How did yeah. Ryan Philippe see it? Yeah. You know, and I would have added more people. Four people is not very many. Uh, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to, it's a horror movie, throw up the body count, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it. Well, uh, I can move on now. Yeah. Let's talk about the box office stats of this movie. Let's do. So, uh, I know what you did last summer opened October 17th, right in time for Halloween back in 1997, back when, uh, I think Josh Garrett and I were, but we seven year olds, um, and Andrew was just starting college. Um, 
Technically, I was eight. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. Andrew, uh, Gary, Gary, big dog in this. Um, so uh, it opened number one to a $15.8 million three-day weekend. Uh, at number two, you have uh, The Devil's Advocate, I believe, uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, Al Pacino. Is that right, Andrew? Yes. Don't, don't just keep going. And then uh, at number three, opening to or, uh, in its third week at $6.9 million was Kiss the Girls. And at number four, you had Seven Years in Tibet at six point four in its second weekend. At number five, you in its fifth weekend, In and Out. I don't know this movie. I don't know uh, any of those except for the no, this is all going in and out is uh, a Frank Oz movie starring Kevin Klein. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah Kevin Klein. Yeah, that looks right in here. Still um, so that's probably pretty niche. Um, I know what you did last summer would go on to make $72.5 million in the United States. Uh, overseas, it would bring in uh, almost an identical, well, uh, uh, another good chunk of $53 million, according to Box Office Mojo, for a worldwide total of $125.5 million. So all things considered, despite um, what might be considered mixed reviews, it was, uh, it was a pretty good box office haul uh, for a Halloween movie at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm Please. trying to see what was the number one movie for 1997. Uh, anybody want to guess while I pull it up here? No, I got no ideas. Titanic. I mm. Yeah, I guess Titanic. I like oh, yeah, Titanic guess, is a good guess. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm going to pull I, it up here. but I've I don't even know when that movie comes out. I don't like that movie, but that's just me. No, Titanic. Titanic? Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. <clears throat> Yeah, I remember uh, the first time I watched it. I, I would actually say Titanic might be a scarier movie than this. Oh, it is scarier. That's true. You know, like it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, there's a scene that's burned in my memory. I remember hiding behind my parents' couch uh, when I got to see it. Uh, I was probably like 10 at that point. And it's a scene where the guy and his son come running out of like a corner, you know, and uh, they're trying to get away. And then, like two seconds later, the water just rushes in, and you see that guy and his son just being carried away by it. Yeah, that was genuinely terrifying to me as a kid. I was so Did scared. You, were none of y'all scared at the last jump scare that they gave us in this movie? Because I wasn't expecting that. Nah. I was not expecting him to jump out of the shower at the end. Like, I just, I didn't. I figured there would be something creepy. I just didn't expect somebody to I, lurch out at the camera. I, at me. I, I, I agree. I didn't think there was going to be that final jump scare, but I do. I was, it was getting kind of predictable where it was like, I still know. Yeah, but, no, I, I, uh, that was, that was a good shot. I, I think that it was actually undermined by the guy coming through the glass maybe. Um, but, uh, it did, it did, it did startle me, but not necessarily because, uh, it was scary on itself because it was, I mean, it, it, there was that, but I was kind of expecting it. It just didn't look how I was expecting it to happen. Um, Cause like it was, it was not just like a jump cut. It was also like, he didn't look real when he came out. He looked like, I don't know. It looked he, like a, yeah. it looked like a shadow figure. Yeah. He looked um, supernatural. Yeah. Garrett or uh, Andrew, you were right. Titanic number one movie of 1997 and number two, men in black. Number three, the lost world, Jurassic park. Number four, liar, liar. And at number five, air force one. Uh, we just recently reviewed men in black earlier this year. Uh, go check out that podcast. It's a lot of fun. And right. that's it. So who's who is running Letterbox this week? Josh is. Oh, I am perfect. I have and it pulled Josh up. Josh won our most recent contest. Okay. Well, um, who would like to start first? Guessing what 
Um, the Letterbox community has rated I Know What You Did Last Summer on a 0.5 to 5 star basis. I'll say 2.7. Okay. I was going to uh, say... Go ahead. I was going to say 2.3. Oh, man, that's what I was going to say. Man. Um, well, then I'll split it and I'll go 2.5. Okay. 2.7, 2.3, 2.5. Oh, well, like, we have one, one person who got like it exactly good. right. Oh, no. Um, exactly right. No, it's going to be Andrew. That Every time Andrew is, gets it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It, well, that, I was going to say, you, you, you may have been speaking too soon because that person is, is David. Hey. David got it exactly right with a 2.7, um, 2.75 exactly, based on 34,000 ratings. 34,000? Yep. So where, what is our personal rating of the movie? I will two. say two and a half. Got a two? Yeah. Got a two and a half. I also go with two and a half. We got a two and a half. And yeah. I'm also going to give it a two and a half. For a weighted score of 2.375. So I think I'm going to have to round that to a two and a half. Yeah. Hey, out of uh, kicks, we never looked this up, I don't think, before. But for 1997, what's the highest rated movie on Letterboxd? Is that possible? I think think you can just go to sort by year and then sort by highest average rating. Yeah, let me... Let's see. I got it by film popularity, average rating, highest first... Probably gonna be it looks. Oh, I don't even. I don't even know what this movie is. Brass Eye. Does that have foreign? Oh wait, this is not. That's not the right way to do it. That's not the right way to do it. We need to go by. Well, I don't know that there's a really good way because it, the highest average rating could be a five star film if one, only one person rated it. You know. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess the that's more, true. but but when you um, sort it by film popularity, which I do not know how is how is calculated. Yeah, uh, how is that different than average rating? I don't know, but the is most that, like, popular combined, like with the oh sorry, go ahead. It must be combined statistics or something because the most popular movie on Letterboxd for 1997 is Titanic, and then Goodwill Hunting, and then some movie called um, oh. Here, Mononome? do this too. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, so there's no, a little Princess Mononoke. I don't know. Yeah, print, yeah I've, heard, movie, I've heard yeah. of Princess Mononoke. Is it Mononoke? Yeah, it's I an know, anime movie. Heard of it I think uh, if you go to the, there's like a little eyeball in the corner where you can hide like short films and docu- documentaries and uh, stuff. Yeah. And unreleased films. Uh, like yeah. I don't know. Like I don't know. Brass Eye does it even have a rating? Four point four. Yeah, it has four point four, but it's one. It's one person rated it, so it's got the highest tech on a technicality. <laughs> Well, then how is it a 4.4 of one person rated it? That don't make no sense. No, it's got one. Oh, wait, sorry. No, it's not. It's 282 people rated it. Oh, gotcha. But obviously a, a shit ton more people would have rated a movie like Titanic or Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, or Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, so I don't Boogie know. We'll, we'll have to go by, anyway. We'd have to go by film popularity, and, and that is going to be Titanic. <laughs> that, sounds, okay. that sounds fair to me. Well... That was worth a shot. We did everything we could. <laughs> we ended now up we with a two and a half again. star movie. Um, oh yeah, Garrett, grab that wheel. We're, we're, let's Grabbing do the wheel. It we don't need to do a separate video each week. Nah. Now let's Hold find on. out now. What are you waiting for, huh? <laughs> what are you waiting for? We got three weeks of movies left. I gotta say, 
having really only knowing this movie because of the elements that made their way into the scary movie franchise, I was highly entertained by the fact of knowing that Anna Ferris literally did nothing to change how she delivered that line. She just delivered it the exact same way. What are you waiting for, huh? Yeah. What are you waiting for? So okay. I will say Anna Ferris is the treasure. I cringed at that line. I thought that yeah. line was bad. The, the writing's atrocious. Yeah, there was the dialogue's bad. Good writing. So bad. So we've got Carrier, this. Uh, go ahead. We've got this wheel of Halloween movies. Um, I'm sure you'll read them out loud, but I'm just going to say yeah. that for the sake of of time and us debating it, um, odds are very high it will not land on that tile again. So we'll just pretend it doesn't exist for now. Yeah. Yeah. The empty. If slide. we need to, if we need to fill them out again later, we will. But. Or what we'll do we got? You got to, to read it. I can't. Yeah. I can't really see the. Yeah, I know it's dark. I'll have to tell you, the lighting is not great in this room. So we got Sleepy Hollow, Color Out of Space, Identity, oh. The Exorcist, The Frighteners, The Conjuring, and The Thing are the ones that are left to be options on the wheel. Okay. I'll spin it and I'll tell you okay. what it is if you can't see it. I know what you did. It landed on. I know what you did last time. <laughs> Identity. 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 That's David's pick. That my pick. We're gonna watch David's pick next. Identity. Directed by James Mangold, uh, starring Sweet. John Cusack and a litany of other uh, cool. well-known actors from the early two thousands. So okay. I, I look forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, we will watch that, and we will be back next week to review Identity. Find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search so many sequels on all those sites. Like, follow, subscribe, whatever. Find the podcast if you you wish. If you do podcasts, just follow us there. Or if you like videos, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel there as well. Um, Yeah, that's it. I think we keep being spooky. Uh, Go find some Halloween decorations. Put them up. Eat some good candy. I know they got the they got the Halloween Reese's out, so those are fun. Um, and, and yeah, pumpkins, ghosts, all of it. Mm. So until next time, what are you waiting for, huh? What are you Happy Fourth of for? July, Julie. <laughs> <laughs>